0: This is Life Change Church in Muskegon, Michigan. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for giving us your ears while you mow the lawn, kayak, do the dishes, or sit with the knitting circle. Watch us on Facebook Live Sunday mornings at 930 or subscribe to the weekly podcast at MyLifeChangeChurch.tv this is pastor Ron Rands.
1: in life change family and to those who are streaming with us and I believe many will be watching this in the future today I've titled this message we are God's kids and there's a couple of factors that we're going to be going through and trying to get instruction in God's word and truth and that is the importance of having hope and the God's word and God's truth. And we're gonna be going through a lot of scriptures. I'm gonna try to go through them uh, slowly so that you can maybe write them down, refer to them um, over and over. Uh, We are God's kids. You know, when we recognize the importance of obedience and the word of God is very clear about obeying God. And how do we obey God in times like this? What does it really look like? Well, look back in, uh, Obeying your parents, in fact many of us have our kids all back home right now and things even become even more chaotic, it's, more impo- it's so important right now to cre- keep this peace in our home to have instructions and for, to people follow instructions, otherwise the chaos even increases. And God gave us this instruction and we find that instruction in his truth, his word. It, just like it in a home the Bible says if we obey our parents, it will go well With us not only in our home, but also in God's house Well, God wants us to obey him in these m- moments in our life and we're gonna be uh, looking at that keeping it simple So that we can follow the root or the foundation so that God can bring so mon- so much of his kingdom So much of his desires and plans in this time in our life Let's uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer father We ask that your truth, the instructions of righteousness, put us on the right path today and tomorrow and the days to come. Father, we pray your peace in our homes, in our relationships. God in the places, Lord, right now in our finances, in health, Lord, our hospitals, Uh, Lord, our God, our leaders of our countries, Father, we pray that you would just be you, Father, that they would hear you in this time. God, I pray that people know how to hear your voice in these moments. In Jesus' name, amen. In John 15, verse 7 through 8, it says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourself to be my disciples. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's own handiwork we're his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined planned beforehand for us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them Living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you to will, to act according to his good purpose. And then in James one twenty two, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, you don't forget what you heard, then God can bless you when what you're doing. So we've just read some passages today about we're God's workmanship, that God is pre- Ordained. There's things that are are arranged for us and that God wants to do mighty things in and through our lives. And so many of these thoughts or these truths are so foreign to us right now when everything just seems to be fashioned and shaped out of control. In fact, I've given some thoughts right here into the messages. What does obeying God look like in the present situation? Unemployment, kept from congregating or engaging each other, Shelves are empty at the grocery store. People who once greeted now give me distance, they give me the elbow instead of the hug that I'm so used to. Fear is seem to be present and hope seems to be in the closet. Yet Romans 15, four talks about how important it is in our lives for the word of God and hope. Here's what it says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago God inspired the word, things were written long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. What a time that we live in. In fact, many of us are having time in on, on unemployment, which means we're at home, and yet sometimes we'll, we'll literally turn on so much news and fill ourselves with the news of what's current, and yet... The God's word says in Romans 15, 4, it says that things that were inspired of old were meant to give us His hope from heaven, the kingdom plan in our lives. So what does that look like? First turn to God's word. So if there's two things that you can grab from this message today, first thing, it's gonna be about two parts, turn to God's word. What is God's word? First of all, it says that truth will set us free from the chains of this world. John 8, 31 and 32 said this, Jesus said to his people, which we started this thing, we are God's kids. And maybe you don't know what I'm talking about, being part of God's kids. Maybe you watch this today and say, I, I don't really know, we're gonna get to that in a moment, about being God's, that's an, you inviting Jesus to be personal in your life. You surrendering your life into his arms and into his plan, Jesus said to his people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus is telling us there is a truth that you can know. There's a truth that will set you free from literally the current scenarios that are going on, which means you can live in the midst of all this chaos, in the midst of such unrest and have a truth that gives you peace health. God's word not only gives you and puts you into freedom, gives you a peace, but it'll give you health. In Proverbs 4, verse 20, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body." Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all this perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech, which means there's there's things that can corrupt us and corrupt our thinking. And that literally the Bible is telling us right here that it's unhealthy for us. The Word of God, so far we've seen it, it'll set us free, it'll give us peace. It'll bring health even to our lives. It's also instructional. Second Timothy 3, verse 16 all scriptures inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our life. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So we recognize God's word is here to to set us free, to get us on a path, a journey. And, and it's here, it brings health, in Proverbs 4, it, it brings health to us, and it also brings instructions to us. And you know what I've, I've learned in, in, my, in my walk in life is this, is that I need current instructions. Jesus said it so, uh, so well, and we're so thankful for you know, coming to this planet Earth, God himself coming into mankind, and said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Which Jesus himself was listening to his daddy in heaven and saying, I need your word to bring me sustenance. I need your word to bring me life. Jesus looked to God himself to bring hope in those moments. So, so far we've talked about the word and how important it is for the word to be in your heart. And we're gonna be turning to some more scriptures in just a bit. But now let's talk about how important it is to have hope. Because see, God's word, can fall on deaf ears. God's word can literally literally come and bounce right into the doorstep of your heart and you can be closed off to it. It's so important that we are filled with hope. A couple weeks ago we had uh, an illustration with these trash cans and there was a chain that was binding them and you know we we're supposed to bind God's promises in our heart and loosen ourselves from the enemy's vices. Well, hope is the, one, is the passageway of God's truth. Hope is the passageway where God can bring his plan and desire, which means fear can bring resistance, anxiousness can bring resistance to the truth that's all around us, which means God himself is wanting to bring his truth in our life. But through anxiousness and through fear, we can be resistant to his word. We're gonna read some passages that talk about what I'm sharing. So the second thing you need to do is get your heart full of hope. Prepare your heart with hope so God can lead you. He's with you. Psalm sixteen seven says, I will bless the Lord who guides me, even at night when my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for He is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, and I'll rejoice. My body rests in safety now we as mankind we're people that are event led in fact um i'm not even was, really wasn't even planning to be here preaching today um i was actually supposed to be on vacation my son was uh, he had served his five years in service in the navy and uh and i was there to pick him up and we had this plan for goodness we had this plan for almost a year and uh Picking him up in Los, uh, Los Angeles, gonna go to Las Vegas, and, and him and I, we, we, I like uh, fast cars, and we were gonna go to Speed Vegas and, and race some cars, and then we are gonna go to the Grand Canyon, and we are gonna go to Hoover Dam, and we are gonna spend literally almost a whole week there. We had this all mapped out, all prepared and planned out, and all of a sudden, current affairs, what happened? Everything just turned to awry, but yet God was still leading us. There was still a hope and a plan. In fact, if we, I could sit and brag about God you know, over and over because of my son actually, he, he literally flew in from uh, Japan. And if he would have flew in a day later, he would have been quarantined. And he wasn't because he was a day earlier. Then he was actually released, and there was a storm that happened in uh, in, in uh, actually where he was actually uh, stationed. And they were actually closed off every street, not because of the virus, because of, of a rainstorm. And he was out of that just hours before. Now we're in the airport. He's picking me up. We go to Vegas, and then, of course you know the news: the Vegas, the whole place shut down. Yet we went to speed Vegas race cars for half price. Can you say half price? So and then we we go over there, and he's racing, his dream was to race this Lamborghini, and then I I was to race this, I I, I picked a Porsche, and uh, he beat me, which is still hard to even say, and so um, all of these things were having these exciting moments, we were there an hour and a half early, because no places are open, the diners are shut down, everything is just awry, we get there early, and uh, get to do what we want to do, which means we leave there, we go to Hoover Dam, we have time to see this beautiful creation that God used man to build and we look at it and we walked all the way around it and my goodness, we still have time to go to the Grand Canyon. So we drive to the Grand Canyon, go over there and then I looked at what God can do. Let me just tell you something, I was, I had some, in fact it was the most, one of the most fun things I've ever done was to, to race that car in Vegas and then to go to Hoover Dam and see what God can do and in the, in the skills that God gives man but none of them, and they all pale in comparison to what God can do with his finger and did in Grand Canyon. And see, there's so much, are we looking to man and what man can do? Are we looking to God and what God can do? And God wants our hearts to be filled with this hope. Hope is not something that you can or should be turning on. It's not an event. It wasn't going to Hoover Dam. It wasn't going to the Grand Canyon. Hope is not an event. It's not a destination. It is something that God is from. It's a heavenly kingdom principle. And it's not something that we can have and then all of a sudden we, it just turns into faith metamorphosely, and then all of a sudden we can just, you know what, then we can turn it off. And yet I look at so many of us today and it's like hope got turned off. When we're in an era right now where hope needs to be turned on more than ever. In fact, Psalm 71 says this, verse 14, but as for me, I will wait and hope continually. It's not a word, it's not something where I got to get to a destination. It's not like saying, okay, Joseph, which we're going to turn to in a moment, Joseph has to get to Bethlehem, and then all of a sudden that's going to be his destination of hope. No, hope has to be something that's turned on continually especially when things look bleak. And it says here, and it says, I will praise you yet more and more. Romans 15, four, we had referenced it earlier, and I'm gonna reference it again. Such things were written in scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. So that means when I read about Noah, In this bleak time that Noah and his whole family turned his heart toward God, that means if I can turn my heart, no matter what's going on in the world, but if I can turn my heart toward God, God still has a place, even as crazy as it might be, is an ark in a deserted place. I just need to turn my heart toward God and I can have hope in God. Or if it's Joseph who is sold by his brothers, who he thinks that are going to be his, his first of all, the, the best friends or someone who he could truly trust, who Joseph is sold into slavery and is isolated into a prison, and as Joseph turns his heart toward God, that God has a plan and a destiny for his life. Or David, who is this young man that's out, you know, just worshiping God in the wilderness and having these moments of God's presence. And and then all of a sudden, this great man of God, Samuel, comes to his home and anoints him and says, you're going to be king. And his heart gets filled with future and hope. And then the next thing he knows is it looks like it's all mapping out. And then his own father-in-law is seeking to kill his life yet David hoped in God. We have the book of Psalms. All it's full is is David turning his heart, with filling his heart with hope, even when his current scenarios are being surrounded by the enemy. Now, the enemy in the Bible is, is sometimes we've seen it through plagues. Sometimes we've seen it through viruses. Sometimes we've seen it through physical armies. Nonetheless, there still always seems to be an enemy, and yet God always wants us to turn and trust and lean not to our understanding, but trust in The Lord. A day ago, this message came into my heart about having hope and God's word mixed together. And I woke up early again, trying to still, trying to put it together. In fact, I even left our prayer meeting early in the elders because the Lord was still putting it together. And I'm not even sure how well it's put together, but I know that it's already being framed in my own heart. And I'm hoping that it starts taking framework in your life. And I I love to study stories in the Bible because I believe, like like Romans 15, they were written to give us hope. And one such story for me is Joseph. Now, I don't know why I can relate to Joseph, uh, probably for a couple different things. One of them is, is he's got this awesome, righteous wife named Mary. What a godly woman. Obviously, she gave birth to Jesus. And I have a wonderful wife that loves God's word or maybe it's a carpenter because I, I'm, I have skills of carpentry. Or maybe it's just this, this man that is just, you know, uh, you know kind of chiseled in life, and, and he has a plan, he has it kind of mapped out what he was going to be, and then all of a sudden God completely pulled the rug and moved him in a different directive. Boy, I can relate to Joseph there too. But nonetheless, in this storyline, and I'm going to read it and start with in uh, Matthew chapter 2, and... And again, maybe you can turn there, or you can just listen to um, the verses that I read to you. But we're in this time where where, where Joseph has already, um, you know, taken on his wife, Mary, and for a for there was a time when he didn't want to do that. Yet he was warned in a dream to and, and, and had understanding that Mary was his wife was pregnant with the Holy Spirit, and and he receives this hope. It, it doesn't make any sense, but there's something that's put inside of his hope that leads him in a direction now to take his wife, who is very pregnant, to another city, Bethlehem. And, and now we pick up this, this scenario, but yet it, a couple years have, have passed on. You know, when, when, you, when you've been in a place for a couple years, you, you settle in. Sometimes you don't wanna to move to what God wants to do next. And you know, God is always trying to lead us because we're always people that wanna just settle in in, 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 we have a word for that, it's called conformity. We wanna just conform to our surroundings. And yet God is always leading us, and, and he's trying to share with us, and he's, he's prompting us to he's got a plan with our life. And here's God again with Joseph. After the wise men were gone, this is the, the three wise men, and, and there's an entourage, and I, I have a whole other message on that, but um, they have left. And, and now Jesus is around two years old, and, and, and Joseph has settled in to Bethlehem. He's a carpenter. He's settled in. We don't know if he built a house or what he did, but he's he settled in. And, and, and the Lord has something else in mind. In fact, the word of God and, and God's plan is for Joseph not to settle into Bethlehem. So, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream. We pick this up in verse 13. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. And the angel said, stay there until I tell you the, to return, because Herod is going to search for this child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping, great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted for they are now dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, get up. The angel said, take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up, returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophet had said, he will be called a Nazarene. Now this particular passage has always kind of tweaked me a little bit or I've always tried to, tried to get understanding because I'm such a finite thinger, thinker in situations going, wait a minute, the angel told him to leave and then to go back and now, another, now this angel is telling him, telling him now from the directive he just gave him, he's changing it to go to Nazareth. And what I have learned in my own walk is this, is that the Lord, to get me out of my comfort place, and I don't know where that is in your scenario. Maybe you're comfortable with trying to isolate yourself. God says, you know what, it says in his word in Proverbs, says, he who isolates himself, isolates himself from all wise judgment. Don't isolate yourself. Get God's word, get God's truth, whether you're doing it through Facebook and, the, and whether you're doing it through streaming, whether you're doing it through a, a small group um, scenario, whatever, but do not isolate yourself, all right? Or maybe your comfort zone is just like to talk and, and you just, just like to talk about all the problems and, and, and because you, you, you literally get caught up in all of the media. Maybe that's comfortable for you. Well, the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of his truth. There's all kinds of different conforming patterns that we can have, but what God wants us to be is transformed by his truth. And we see this scenario with Joseph, where I believe he's trying to find and and, and build a a nest egg to build a, a place for his family. What father wouldn't do that? What father wouldn't try to create a scenario where a child could grow up and be nurtured and and his wife and his children could find a place where there would be safety and security? That's what he's doing and and what does he know? He, He knows carpentry. And so the Lord is having him pick everything up and trust him, of course God, I love how God brings the magi into the situation because all of a sudden now there's provision where there once wasn't provision. Let me share something with you right now. God's got provision for this hour of trial in our life. In fact, I believe that, you know, we just started streaming and and, um, just just not even that long ago. And God was aware of this. We weren't aware of this, but God was aware of this. And I, I believe that this isn't, you know, God's perfect will isn't, you know, isn't being performed in many of us at this point in life because so many of us are filled with a little bit of the world and, and a little bit of God and we're, we're, we're just getting these little teasers instead of surrendering our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Some time ago, and you're gonna kind of catch this by some of the verses that I'm reading, these are all King James Version translations. And if any of you guys know me, that... Um, Uh, I like to study there many times, but um, I never usually give these passages in the um, King James Version in in studies now. So this is some time ago that I did this study because I was going through, and I don't remember the exact scenario I was going through, but I was going through a time of hardship in my personal life. I was going through a time of, of doubt, going through a, a placement in my walk where there was anxiousness, and, and the Lord led me to get in his word and study hope. Study hope. And I, I'm so thankful that I keep this stuff on my desktop because I can turn there um, over and over, and this was on my desktop. These scriptures, no teaching, nothing, just plain passages. And before I turn there, I kinda wanna just kinda close up a little bit on the Joseph thought, and then I wanna just, if we have time, and I believe we do, is to read these passages, because there's so much life in them. Now Joseph is a man just like you and I. And he's a man that is being led by the Lord as the Lord wants to lead you. He wants to lead you. My people, God says, who are called by my name, if they will humble themselves, reach out to me. And we reference this passage being God's kids. God's kids refer to or look to his home, his kingdom. God's way of directions, God's plan of of solutions God's love, God's truth, they're not of this world. In fact, um, a few minutes ago, you were here in our praise and worship team. In the presence of God, right before I got up here, I was so thick, in fact, there was a, a moment for the last couple songs, I'm thinking, Lord, am I gonna be able to press in to even preaching because I could feel his peace and his love so much in the house of God. And if there's one thing that I miss already, is being with you the family, it breaks my heart. If you could, with me, if we could, if somehow we could just turn together, like Joseph turned into God in this uncertainty of his life and even to the point where I, I believe that he's, like God is going, look, I, I, get up, it's time to go back, and, and God didn't give him the whole picture. Until he walks into that land and says, "Oh, wait a minute! The, the very man I was fearful of his, his son is now in charge." Archelius. and then he's full of fear and he goes back to Nazareth, which where God originally wanted him. Now the word doesn't say, or or elude that you know that uh, Joseph would have went to Nazareth to begin with. It doesn't say that, but I I I gather that. He wouldn't have, because God had him get up to go back to Israel, to Judea. And then he went to Nazareth. And if you know anything about it, that, that's where Joseph was to begin, You know, that's where he was raised. So he knew where he was going. He's, going, he's bringing him back home. And I'm, I'm, I'm sensing that, you know, maybe that was a, a place of embarrassment for him. Maybe was it a place where he didn't want to go and, and sometimes we, we get in that place. We, we want to just, you know, we, we don't want to go. God, don't let me go back there. I'll go anywhere else, but not there. But you know, those are the places where we trust God the most. I'm gonna read these passages. I hope these passages mean to you as much as they mean to me. Psalm 16, nine. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also rests in hope. Psalms 31, 24, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart and ye that hope in the Lord. Psalms 33, 18 through 21, behold the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death, to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord, he is our help and our shield for our hearts shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Psalms 43, why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance, and he is my God. Psalm 71:14. but I will hope continually and will let praise thee more and more. Psalms 119 verse 74, they that fear thee will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in thy word. Psalms 119, 116, hope uphold me according to, unto thy word that I may live, let me not be ashamed of my hope. Proverbs 13, 12, my hope defer makes the heart sick but when the desire cometh it is a tree of life. Lamentations 3:26: "It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord." Romans 4:18, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, So shall thy seed be." Romans 8:24, "For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. For what a man seeth that's not what he hopes for. Romans fifteen four, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, so that through patience and comfort with the scriptures we might have hope. The last one I want to give is 1 Corinthians thirteen, thirteen. Now abideth faith, hope, and love. These three things abide. So let's kind of recap if we could. We're God's kids and it's God's kids, God has a plan for you. And in fact, the Bible says the whole household of God isn't something that's a physical, but it's a presence on earth as well as it is in heaven. There, God's kids are in heaven right now, and God's kids are on earth right now. And if you get this filled in your heart that you're God's kids, what I'm speaking to you, it makes sense. But if you don't know you're God's kid, it'd be like having a, a, a neighbor come in and try to father you. You wouldn't listen, you wouldn't understand, you wouldn't g- grab the concept. So if you feel like you're a neighbor, maybe you don't feel like you're, You know, in, at this point you understand that you're God's kids. You can know that you know that you know that you belong to the Lord. In fact, we, in our, our church, we have this uh, a whole class and this says a place to belong. What's more important than a, a church, that, a place to belong, is to belong to God. And, and that is, a, is not just a, a, a feeling, but it's an actual presence. You can know that you're God's kids. A few minutes ago in worship, I was in the presence of God. Why, because many years ago, I invited Jesus Christ to be my Lord, and my savior. Right now I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna you know, go through an invitation and uh, maybe you're watching this right now, or maybe you're watching this in the future, but the point is is that Jesus loves you. He came here to die for your sins. Sin meaning that your nature is to go the other direction. Here's God's direction in your nature, mine included, wants to go and do it my way. But then there's, then there's this new nature, which means it accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And all of a sudden, the Bible starts being understandable. All of a sudden, you know, God's word and, and God's songs and worship begins to take on new meaning. You're caught up in something that you've never been caught up before where things maybe you've observed others and go, why the, Why is it that they get something or why is there something different about them? Well, it's not because God just said, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna be a person who picks and chooses and I pick them over you. Um, God's not a respecter of persons. It is that they allowed God in. They allowed God in. So if you would right now, and maybe you've never done that in your life or maybe you somehow you found yourself distant from God and maybe you find yourself watching this right now and God is knocking on your heart. Would you with me as we, we close our eyes, would you invite him in to your heart today with me as I'm gonna invite him into my heart? I do it daily. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, I thank you for sinning Jesus Christ. Sin in Jesus down on this earth to die for my sins for their sins we invite you in to our hearts right now we recognize that without you life has no meaning but with you life takes on all new meaning we accept what jesus did in the cross the forgiveness of sins we accept the resurrection that jesus did he resurrected from the grave and sits at the right hand of god right now and extends his arms to reach out to us to love us to invite us in to the family of heaven as well on earth we ask your will be done god on earth as well as it is in heaven. And we thank you that we are now your children because we invite you in and we surrender our lives to you. Teach us your ways. We ask Holy Spirit that that we would understand and that we could follow the path that's in front of us today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.
0: You are listening to Life Change Church with Pastor Ron Rands. If this message encourages and inspires you, pass it on to someone else. You can find weekly episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts under Life Change Church Muskegon. When you share it to your social media, be sure to tag us at Life Change Church. For prayer support and more resources, visit mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer.